I remember seeing a silly movie back in high school where the local church sort of decided it was time to update the image of Jesus that they were projecting to the world around them. People are tired of seeing Jesus on the cross, the priest said. It's too grim, too heavy. People want something lighter, something more modern. So the church unveiled its new statue entitled Buddy Christ. There's definitely no cross here. Just a happy guy with flowing white robes and a beard and this cartoonishly big smile. One hand is giving a thumbs up and the other is pointing right at you. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's not what Jesus has in mind in our gospel reading today when he tells his disciples he no longer calls them servants, but friends. But I did find myself wondering this past week just how that declaration of friendship sounded to the disciples here on their last night together. And part of me imagines them saying, really? It's only now that you're calling us friends? After all that we've been through? We left our homes and our livelihoods and our families behind to spend time with you. We followed you from one village to the next, walked how many miles with you, shared how many meals, We've watched as you've healed people. We've hung on your words as you've taught. We shared our whole lives with you these past three years. And it's only now that we get to be called friends? Don't you think you're setting the bar a little high there, Jesus? It's certainly a higher bar for friendship than I think we're used to. It's easy to blame Facebook, of course where being someone's friend is as easy as clicking a button and adding him or her to the list. Maybe that's part of it, but I think friend is a term we often use pretty casually today to describe someone we generally like being around, someone with whom we maybe have a common interest or hobby. A friend is somebody you'd like to go for a walk with or meet for a cup of coffee. It's a term we use all the time and I think probably don't think all that much about But it is, in fact, a term that people in Jesus' day thought about a lot. Greco-Roman culture took friendship very seriously. There are all sorts of books and treatises on the subject. So when Jesus uses this word in the Gospel of John and calls his disciples friends, he's part of a much bigger conversation that was going on at the time. It's worth paying paying attention to that conversation a bit because it can help us understand just what Jesus is saying here to his disciples and to us. And I was interested to learn this past week that much of what Jesus says about friendship in this passage isn't actually very different from what the culture at large had to say about it. He's got a whole lot in common here with the thinkers of his own day. To begin with, Jesus says that the highest expression of friendship is risking death. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. It's a familiar verse, right? And one we very deeply associate with Jesus. New Testament scholar Gail O'Day says that phrase could just as well have been uttered by any number of ancient Greek or Roman philosophers. Lots and lots of people said basically this. This is part of how you could tell a true friend from a false one, the philosopher said. A true friend will be there not only when times are good, but also when trouble arises. She'll be there even then, coming to your side, coming to your aid. 
A false friend will only be there when it's convenient. When the road gets bumpy, she's nowhere to be found. The most extreme version of this virtue then would be staying loyal even in the midst of great danger. A true friend would stay with you even if it meant risking her life to do that. Even then she would stay by your side. So Jesus agrees with the philosophers here. Yes, he says, that's what a true friend looks like. So that's one way that Jesus's notion of friendship here lines up with common ideas in his time. And here's another. I've called you friends because I've made known to you everything I've heard from my father, he says. This is another way that Greek and Roman thinkers spoke about the difference between a true and a false friend. A true friend will speak honestly and openly and boldly with you. He will tell you the truth, even when it might not be what you particularly want to hear. He'll tell you when he thinks you're making a bad decision, or when he thinks you're headed down the wrong path, or when he thinks you need to ask for help. A false friend, on the other hand, will simply flatter you, telling you whatever he thinks you want to hear, telling you that everything's all right, when in fact it's not. Again, Jesus agrees. I've made it all known to you, he says. I haven't held things back or told you just what you wanted to hear. I've spoken plainly about who I am and who God is and who you are with such honesty that it hurts sometimes. That's actually what a friend does. So Jesus and the ancient philosophers agree. True friends are loyal even to the point of risking their lives and they speak openly without pretense or flattery. Well, okay, you might be saying right about now, that's all pretty nifty, but what's the point? That Jesus is kind of unoriginal? That he's one more wise sage to listen to? One more talking head? No, here's the point. While plenty of others talk about high ideals of friendship, Jesus actually embodies them. He doesn't just say what a true friend looks like, he shows it with his whole life. He actually speaks open, bold, trustworthy words of life. And he is, in fact, loyal to his friends, even to laying down his life for them. He takes those high ideals floating up in the air around him, and he actually brings them down to earth and shows what they look like in practice. I think we're meant to see all of that here at the end of the gospel, that Jesus embodies friendship in the fullest sense of the word, that he actually shows us what it looks like to be a friend. But it doesn't stop there, because then Jesus turns the word on his disciples. He calls them friends. He calls us friends. Woe there, we probably ought to be saying Wait just a minute, Jesus. We get that you could do this, that you could speak the hard words, that you could be completely loyal and committed, that you could even lay down your life as a friend. But now you're pinning this on us, too? You're telling us that that's the sort of friends we are? We haven't earned that title the way you have. And to be honest, we may not even be sure we want it. I love the way that Gail O'Day puts this. That title friend isn't earned by the disciples, she says. 
It's just a gift that Jesus gives them, a mark of grace, and it's something that they're going to need to grow into. The disciples know how Jesus has been a friend, she says, and now they're called to see what kind of friends they can become. Isn't that a wonderful way to think about the Christian life? That we are friends of Jesus, learning to grow into that identity more fully. We're learning to find our truest voices, to speak openly with one another about what truly matters, to both encourage and challenge one another. We are learning to speak the truth even when it's hard, to name the injustices in our communities and our societies and our world, even when it threatens our own patterns, our own privilege. We're learning to show up for one another, to offer our time and our resources and most of all our presence for those who need it. We are learning to show up for our neighbors near and far, to stand up for those who are oppressed, to accompany those who are suffering, to be present both when it's easy and when it's not. We're learning a new way to live because that's what Jesus showed us, because that's what friendship looks like. If that all sounds demanding and hard, well, it is. Just don't get the idea that you're only a friend of Jesus when you're doing it all perfectly. The disciples are about to royally screw this all up about two hours after our scripture reading takes place today, staying silent when they should have spoken up, and fleeing when they should have stuck around. Jesus knew all of that, and still he called them friends. Jesus calls you a friend already. The adventure is discovering more and more what that grace means, more and more what it looks like in your own life. Which brings us to just one last thing about friendship. The Greek word for friend used in this passage comes directly from the word for love. A more direct translation of the word is actually loved one. That's where this all comes from. Our calling to speak boldly, to care for others, to stay loyal even in difficult times. It all comes from the fact that we are loved ones, held fast in the embrace of Christ. Friends in Christ, remember that. The love of God is your home, your abiding place. And in the journey of friendship with Jesus, there is joy to be found. Thanks be to God. Amen.